Down to Business on News Talk. Sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Here to support your business as it keeps building for years to come with dedicated business teams. Now we've discussed inflation and indeed possible recessions many times over the last number of months. But what if we're taking a slightly too narrow view of things? What if we actually look at things more globally? Do these things actually matter that much? Writing in last week's Sunday Times, Cormac Lucy expressed the view that Ireland, and more importantly the EU, won't really matter at all. Uh, that all that much in the future when we actually look at global trends. And Cormac joins me now. Good morning to you, Cormac. How are you? Hi, Bobby. Good to talk to you. And uh, so I suppose your article last week, Cormac, just had caught my eye. But really what you're saying is that the economic shift away from Europe is going to be more personified as the years unfurl. Is that right? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm uh, 62, so I've grown up in an era where the world was dominated by the United States and by Europe in economic terms. And I think a lot of us subconsciously have that framework of analysis uh, in our heads. But if you look ahead 10, 20, 50 years ahead, and if you look at what the economic projections are, there's going to be a massive shift of global economic power from the Northern Hemisphere to the Southern Hemisphere. So that uh, Goldman Sachs did a report, The Path to 2075, and they reckon that by 2075, the five largest economies in the world will be China first, then India, then the United States, then Indonesia, then Nigeria. And whereas there were five European countries in the top 10 uh, in 1980, they expect there'll only be two uh, in the top 10 by 2075, and they'll be occupying the, the last two positions, ninth and tenth, and those uh, Germany two, and the UK. Yeah, Germany and the UK. So can, can we maybe just look at maybe some of the reasons behind this? Like, obviously, you've got emerging companies and, you know, some com- we're always looking for, I suppose, the lowest cost producer. So manufacturing at a global tends to move around when people seek that out. So I suppose historically, if we look at the Chinese market where everybody was buying things from China because it made sense, then there became problems with, uh, I suppose, uh, with distribution, with supply. And you also then do you not have in these markets uh, a betterment of the cost of living as in the 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 conditions for people and wages, etc., gradually improve. So is it not ever moving in that sense? It's, it's ever moving. I mean, I mean, the two big factors that will drive where an economy ends up in terms of its total size are the, the output per head and the number of people in that society. Uh, so you could have somewhere like Monaco, and in global economic terms, it's, it, it's a midget, but the people living there have extraordinarily high standards of living. Uh, and, and you could have a massive country like China uh, with over a billion people. Now, by 2075, it's unlikely to have a billion because they're going to suffer population decline. But you know, they could have people with quite a modest standard of living, but because there are so many of them, yeah. uh, they, they will have enormous heft as an economy. So I suppose that the two things that are happening between now and 2075 that are going to change things are firstly population changes 
And in Europe, our population is tending to shrink. In the Southern Hemisphere, particularly in Africa, and to a lesser extent, Latin America, it, it's growing. And the second thing that's happening is in conditions of competition, there tends to be a phenomenon of economic catch-up, where if you're a poorer country, like, say, Ireland was in the 1970s, and we enter into uh, a free trade area such as the EU, that allows catch-up to take place for us to, to, to catch up with the, the, the leaders in that setup. And this is what's happening now on, on a global scale, where as, as we move towards greater free trade, now that the progress there has, has, has faltered a bit in recent years, but there, there is an awful lot of free trade and that affords an opportunity to poorer countries to, to, to get into this convergence, this catch-up. Yeah. Well, what about the United States and where they're at currently? Well, I think if we if we took the United States and China and did a compare and contrast job, uh, I think a lot of people would be worried about where the United States is and they would be fearful of where China is going. And I, I would think that we may be witnessing peak China. Uh, their population is set to decline. They're, they're at the top of an even bigger property and banking bubble than we had in this country in 2007. Uh, and the other thing is they, they have a, a, an authoritarian government which suppresses the, the transfer of information within its society. Uh, and I think those are three things that are going to significantly hinder China going forward. Whereas when we look at the United States, uh, you know, today the, the, the big headline is of this appalling killing uh, by police of, 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 of a man. And, and we're getting all of these terrible stories about political division uh, and, and bad behavior in the United States. But they have competition. They have intellectual freedom. And they also, they, you know, for, for all of the negative stories about race, the, the big story in the States is the degree to which they have integrated different peoples of different races into one big economy. So I think the United States is, is going to remain the leading bastion of scientific progress, even as China, uh, China has done great work and is doing great work in churning out engineers in investing in the future. But I think if they're not willing to be open with information and to be open with their own citizens, that's going to permanently hold them back. Yeah. You also mentioned uh, Indonesia uh, leapfrogging Brazil and Russia amongst the largest of the emerging markets. What's happening there? I think uh, Indonesia is, has broadly been following uh, sensible economic policies. Russia is in a dire state. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, it was in a very difficult long-term state before the Ukraine war because of its... It's so reliant on natural resources, particularly oil and gas. And as the world decarbonizes, that's going to be of immensely less value. Uh, and now they've compounded that with a war which has triggered a lot of young, capable people to leave the country and triggered uh, trade sanctions from the West. Uh, and it's, it's unclear how that's all going to end up. But the, the key thing about Russia is they, they do not have... Strong, a strong indigenous uh, economic sector that isn't resource-based. Uh, and I think that's going to be a big problem for them. And they also, like China, they have sh very poor demographics and a shrinking population. So I think 
you know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a non-trivial possibility that, uh, that, that, that we're seeing peak Russia as well as peak China, and that Russia may have to have a fundamental look at itself in the mirror uh, after this Ukraine thing finishes, however and whenever that might finish. So I think Indonesia is following a sensible policy. Uh, Nigeria, the, the epicenter of global population growth is going to be uh, the continent of Africa. Yeah. And I think Nigeria is, is, is getting a huge uh, support from that. And that's why that's being uh, pushed up into fifth in terms of the Goldman Sachs expectations for 2075. And and is it, how much of it is uh, just finally can I ask you how much of it is associated then with population? Uh, in other words, someone like Nigeria that has a huge population, you know, is it doesn't necessarily follow that they'll be the great developers, or does it? Your point is completely valid because if you look at who's expected to be sixth and seventh, it'll be Pakistan and Egypt, right? And 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 that's that. That, that just makes your point for you that really it, it's much more population growth that, that is driving these projections uh, in, in those instances than growth in income per head. And, you know, as, as citizens and as individuals, it's really income per head, which is the key measure. Uh, if you're, you know, one person in a society of 500 million or a billion people, uh, that's cold comfort if, if your living standard is very deprived. Well, listen, Cormac, it's always good to catch up with you. I love reading your trends, world trends particularly. Uh, Thanks very much for joining us today, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Bobby. Down to Business on News Talk. Sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Here to support your business as it keeps building for years to come with dedicated business teams. 